You're listening to SM Media, the number one place for exclusive Scottish football content. Hi folks and welcome to the latest episode of the Scottish Football Show right here on SM Media. I'm Scott Pike. It's an absolute pleasure to be your host as always. Delighted to be joined this week by two very special guests. Welcome back, Ryan McStay. Ryan, it's a pleasure to welcome you back on at Sociedad for coming on. Ah, good to be here, Scott. Cheers. Absolute pleasure. And we're also delighted to be joined by Stephen Murray. Stephen, welcome back to the show. It's a pleasure to have you. Thanks, Scott. Cheers. Absolute pleasure. Ryan, before we get into talking about the games, how good is it to have the football back after a, a long winter break? Ah, it's brilliant, mate. Obviously, I think it was the right decision in the end up just to maybe uh, take the break a week earlier. But obviously, trying to get the, the games back Monday, uh, Celtic playing Hamzy, and obviously the rest of them on Tuesday. So hopefully, we get a good wee talk about them. Uh, but I obviously, what's happened the last two years? It's always good to get the football back, aye. Yeah, definitely. Steve, would you go along with that? Good to get the football back after a a quiet winter. Aye, aye. It's uh, it's not been the same without the football. Um, I know, obviously, we've been watching games down south and stuff like that, but uh, you can't beat uh, Livingston v Dundee on the AstroTurf on a Tuesday night, I don't think. No, you absolutely cannot. Obviously, there's some, a full selection of games over the, the midweek. We started Monday night. Celtic took on Hibs, a 2-0 victory for Celtic. Dyson made his first goal after only five minutes. Very, very impressive debut from the new Japanese signing. And Joseph Juranovic got a penalty in the first half as well to make it 2-0. Ryan, I'll start with you. Celtic, I thought they were very, very impressive first half. Really, really quick on the ball. Obviously, we know the, the system Andrew wants to implement. I thought it was brilliant from Celtic early on. Habs, I think, they were set up all wrong. We'll talk about that maybe in a few minutes. But you couldn't help but impress by the way Celtic set up, particularly Maida getting his first goal. And we'll touch on the other Japanese signing who I thought was terrific, Rio Atati. I definitely. Apart from maybe the first, if the boy Nisbet takes a, a chance of his left foot, it's a different game. Uh, Celtic got a part and score. So uh, I think from then on, Celtic bossed the game. And uh, speaking of other Japanese boy, Hatati, I thought he was absolutely unbelievable. I think he dictated the game all over the park. He was everywhere. And just the way he was passing, he wasn't passing side to side. He was going through the lines, starting attacks. And Roger was picking up spaces in, in behind uh, Habs' midfield. But I agree with you. Uh, the way we play, well, Celtic, I say we, uh, the way Celtic plays, it's high intensity. That's what Ange wants to, uh, to do. So I think for the first 45 minutes, that's what Celtic done and Habs couldn't handle them. It probably could have been more, but uh, the second half kind of just fizzled out a wee bit. Um, and as you say, Habs weren't up too much. I don't know if uh, Maloney got his tactics wrong or whatever, but uh, just to be Celtic kind of done a job in the first half and the second half, I was kind of a wee bit bored because there was nothing really happening. But it's the first game back after a three-week uh, break, so good to get the two points and put a wee bit of pressure on Rangers the next night. Stevie, obviously with Celtic, it's a big win. Obviously, the results went their way, and it's now four points instead of six. Who can have stood out for you for a Celtic perspective? And were you impressed with the way they, they went out? I uh, same as Ryan. Um, like they started the game very well, but I can't believe Nisbet's missed that chance. You just put your mortgage on him scoring there, especially like being three yards out. But I think Celtic they put up the up the bum that they needed, and they've they've went up the part and scored, but. Uh, uh, the two the two Japanese boys were were very good, uh, especially Hitati, as Ryan says. He's uh, the way he gets about the pitch. He's very 
he's he, you can see why Ange signed him. He's very aggressive in the press, the way he presses people and stuff. That's exactly what he's after. And I think is if he continues in that vein of form, then um, they've still got a real player on their hands. Nah, I thought I, I would agree with you on that. I thought he had a really impressive debut. I think one thing about Celtic so far this season, I think they've been lacking is that kind of holding midfield player who can kind of dictate the game. I think McGregor's more of a forward player. I think if he keeps that up, he, he could be that that missing link. I yeah, I was very impressed. I thought my head as well. I think maybe a wee bit raw to start with, but his pace and nearly you saw the way he was breaking things down and things like that. He was dictating a lot of play. Ryan Hibbs as well. Do you think Sean Maloney, if he got his chance again, he would look back and maybe sit in a wee bit and not 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 be as exposed at the back? Yeah, I'm not sure. I don't, I don't know what obviously his philosophy in, uh, in the game is. Maybe he's going to just go and uh, take the game to teams no matter where he goes, if it's Ibrox or Parkhead and fair play to him. But I think when this bar up top and then Boyle came off the wings, it was kind of sometimes they broke us in the first half, but I thought uh, Big Starfield and uh, Cameron Vickers were tremendous at the back again. Uh, Big uh, Vickers has been my player of the mm-hmm. year so far. He's been tremendous training, especially uh, getting a good bit of business the last day of the, the window. Uh, but I think, going back to it, maybe a sharp shot for maybe the first 20 minutes and then see how the game pans out. But after the Celtic scored, uh, I think maybe they need to come out more and try and, try and get back in the game. The Celtic will just pick them off. Rogic, again, he's been tremendous all season. He's just... He's on the half turn, nothing can near him on the swivel. And then uh, he ran it, shutting down the, the banger all. And I thought Taylor done all right as well. He's no my kind of cup of tea, but I thought he'd done okay. Uh, I thought McGregor had maybe an off game. He kept getting the ball away, which is not to high standards. But I do agree with what you say. I prefer him higher up the park, trying to make things happen. If you, the, the boy Hatati, who again is a snip at 1.4. I know it's easy to say he looks a player in one game, but from my point of view, centre mid, I always look at the centre mid and what he does. And, if he goes side to side, it makes it easy pass. But he was trying to break the lines all the time. Trying to, his passing was crisp. He, he was firing it in. Yeah. And uh, obviously, he's fat enough to get about it. He blew, he blew out of steam maybe uh, five minutes before he came off. But he came for another country, you know what I mean? He's, he's just in a week. So I think when he gets a couple of more games on his belt, we'll see a lot more of him. But I think Andrew's doing the right way because last season was a shambles. I can remember speaking to the last time about it. Celtic were an absolute disgrace and he obviously it was a, bit, a major rebuild and he's done that. Look at the five players that Celtic have brought with the, the boy for MK Dons. It's five players yeah. for under five million. Mm-hmm. You look at last year and the year of four year signing, Ajeti for five million, Barkas for five million, you know what I mean? So I think he's got the good, a good model there for Celtic. Going back to years ago where you were bringing through likes of unknowns like Van Dyke, Winyama, and nobody knew, like for peanuts and then selling them for high money. That's what Celtic's all about. Celtic fans won't like me saying that, but that's that's the reality. Obviously, uh, players want to come and do well and get in the Premiership. And, uh, if they're doing well, that means Celtic are winning uh, leagues and uh, cups, so it could, it could only be good for Celtic. Yeah, as you say, like Hattati as well. You want, we're a new signing, particularly a signing you're not familiar with. You want to, you want to see how they're, what they're like first, your first impression. If they show you something straight away, you're, you're impressed and that's that kind of sets a good tone. I think Hattati, I think... Yeah, it'll be a run of games before you see how good he is, but when it no. comes to first impression, I think it's very, very difficult to say that he wasn't impressive. Stevie Hibbs, before we touch on the, the other games, Hibbs, there are new signings to come in, like Sahari Clark for Ross County, the striker for the sign from Bodo Glimt, who's a part who's meant to be really, really impressive. Outgoings, there is talk tonight that Martin Boyle could be leaving for Saudi Arabia as a third bid come in, and it looks as if he's going to be accepted. He's not in the squad for the Cove game, which is being which we're recording during, 
Boyle could be a massive miss. You saw really early on, he was, he was really direct. How big a miss will he be if he does go? And what do you think the new signings could bring? I, I think it'll be massive for Hibs. Such, such a loss for them because the majority of their attacks go through Boyle and, and the way they've played, he gets them up the pitch so quickly from even from a defensive perspective, if they're under pressure, they get the ball with Boyle and he can just take it on 40, 50, 60 yard runs and get them out of danger. But from an attacking sense, 90% of their play goes through Boyle. Um, and that raw pace, as I say, just it, it, it opens things up for you. It's amazing. Like Ryan will tell you the amount of players we've played with who might not be the greatest technically, but if they've got raw pace, they always seem to make it to a, such a high level because yeah. that raw pace can get you out of, if you're a defender, it can get you out of trouble. If you're an attacker, it can make, it can open things up for you and create things. So I think it'll be massive for Hibs to loss him. Don't get me wrong, like, he's probably going to Saudi Arabia and he's going to be on about 40 grand a week tax free. So <laughs> I'd be, I'd be doing a Peter Odom wingy and I'd be sitting at the airport, you know what I mean? Waiting for, for somebody to check me in. But it's a, it's a huge move for the boy, but, it's a massive loss for Hibs. I don't, I, I don't know. It'll put a lot more pressure on the signings coming in anyway. Put it that way. Ryan, would you go along with that? How big a mess will Boyle be if he does go? Ah, it'll be massive. I don't know what the fear is involved, but I don't think if you're maybe talking two and a half million, you're not going to really get, replace the quality in this short space of time with, with him, which he's done over for Hibs over the last couple of uh, years. Uh, as I spoke to earlier, I played against him years and years ago. He was with Trozen. It's, it's unbelievable what he's done in his career, but it's through hard work and determination. And obviously, uh, obviously he's got right good ability as well. But as Ruby, uh, Ruby said, it comes down to pace. See if you get pace, it can it can get your moves, and that's what he's done. He's going to maybe go over there and it's got his life-changing money. So I fair play to the boy. But I'm sure with Maloney's contacts, he'll have somebody lined up. I've seen a, a few videos of the boy they've seen for that Bordeaux team. Yeah, uh, looks a player to be fair, he looks young, so. They'll be hoping he comes in and hits the ground running and can start scoring goals for him as well. Yeah, absolutely. We'll move into the game at Pataudry. Aberdeen won, Rangers won. Rangers took the lead through Yanis Hadji and Lewis Ferguson equalised by second half penalty. Stevie, I'll come to you for the, the first one. What, what was your overall thoughts in the game? And I, My opinion would be I think Aberdeen were quite unlucky not to take three points and I thought Rangers were quite flat as a whole. I agree with you. I mean, I think Rangers, Aribo was a massive miss for Rangers. Um, and I don't know, you're, you're right, they did seem very flat. They weren't, they were sitting off Aberdeen for some reason. They were just letting them play. Usually Rangers are quite good at pressing, but uh, they were doing the opposite against Aberdeen and Aberdeen just grew further and further into the game and had a few chances. And and they actually, the Rangers goal came from the one where the boy um, Hedges went through and McGregor kind of, Touched them to bring them down, so it was a debatable we'll whether it's on that in a minute. Um, but I thought, yeah, Aberdeen 100% deserved a point, if not three. They played really, really well. I was impressed with them. Ryan, that's Rangers' first points dropped in the league under Giovanni Van Bronckhorst. Were you surprised at how kind of flat Rangers were? I just thought there was, you could notice the Massey Arebo. I think that's a big, a big thing. I'll be surprised if Rangers don't change something in the transfer market this in this month because I think they are if Aribo's out of the team I don't think there's a lot of creative threats Aberdeen were impressive though I mean they came out they they, they got to Rangers as well they made it difficult for Rangers to get anything going I think the, the tempo of the game was hard with both teams with the amount of stoppages as well which we'll touch on in a minute but overall thoughts of the game what did you think? 
Uh, just as you two said, I thought Aberdeen were lucky enough to get the win. Uh, I think conditions played a part in all. It was very windy, uh, mm-hmm. so Rangers couldn't get the ball down and playing, so it was a lot of back to front and playing off scraps. Uh, but uh, Aberdeen, they've got a few good players, the boy, uh, Jenks, all on for uh, Brighton. Yeah, they've got a good he chance. Thought, uh, he looked decent, he was he's bringing it out of the box. I think that's what Rangers missed. You've got the threat of Ebo getting on the ball, and then I've always said, because I played with the boy, Arfield, I think mm-hmm. when he doesn't play, Rangers miss that third man running at the box because yeah. other players don't do it. You know what I mean? The boy, the American boy, he looked tied on the ball, but I don't think that's his game. Kamara's mm-hmm. not his game. So again, when Rangers are on the ball and they've maybe got Kent out wide, it's only Morelos that's in the box. There's no got that third man running. But I agree, I, I agree with what you said, Aberdeen were, were good. You know what I mean? Uh, the boy Ferguson will probably get a move as well. Uh, but I uh, Rangers were flat, but I think they'll they'll be happy with taking the point. And it's, I think that's a, a first round nine game, so they can't be too unhappy with the, the run they're on. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but we'll just I'll touch about in Lewis Ferguson's penalty. Did you see how much it rolled by? It's some technique. Uh-huh. To- to catch it like that, it's impressive. But right, let's get into the the talking points of the game, Steve. It's as you know, this show we, t- we talk a lot about the referees. Maybe not always in a positive light, but to- today I'm not going to do it. I thought the referee had a really bad game, and I don't like singling out referees. I I don't like doing it. I know we do it on here, and it's sometimes, and I don't like it. But I just thought the referee had a bad game. Before we touch on the other decisions. Was it a penalty? Did McGregor bring down Hedges? Was would you have gave a penalty? Uh, honestly, I don't know because I think he's. I think McGregor's been fly about it, right? I think he's left his leg there, right? But he's not deliberately swung his leg at the boy Hedges, and I think because Hedges is off balance as he goes past McGregor, it's as if he's already going down anyway. So whether whether he would have got it if McGregor touched him or not is. You never know, but uh, I've I would I would side on 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 the I would go on the side of probably no, um. But it's a, but I can see why people would be screaming for it. I mean, don't, I was sitting with my Aberdeen top on and, and Tuesday night screaming for it myself. But I I can see why it wasn't given. Um, I I, I don't know what you think yourselves. I on you go, Ryan. I do agree with what you're saying, aye, but for me there's contact there, but I do agree, mate. I think the boy Hedge is just, he's he's going down and he's kind of turning away from McGregor and he's clapped him. I think if he stays tall and big and McGregor comes out and clatters him, it's a, it's a clear penalty all day long. But I think, I agree with what you're saying, he's kind of sw- uh, swinging out the way and McGregor's slightly caught, uh, caught him, but if there's contact in the box, you're shooting for that all day. So that's a hard one, but I agree with what Scott says, everybody's quick to jump on the referees all, uh, all the time. I think it was a hard one, but I do agree with Scotty. A bit of a shock in the full game, and we'll, we'll touch on that later with another one. I think with the with the thing, I think McGregor has McGregor gets his gets his timing wrong. He's uh, way too late to come out, and really? I think he, he does catch him. I don't know if it's enough for a penalty because I don't think the I think he's going down. I don't think he wins the ball. I don't think there's a bit as big a deal made of this if Rangers don't go up the park and score. No. I think that's the thing. I think because Rangers got the park and score, it's against the run of play. I thought Aberdeen were the far better team. I just, I I thought straight away when I saw it first, I was like, that's not a penalty. You can't get penalties for that. When I watched it back, yeah, I think I, I, my mind did <coughs> a little. I think I can see a case for a penalty. I just don't know if it's, I, I don't know if it's a clear cut penalty. I wouldn't say it's a stone waller. I think it's one of those that I think you're going to get three different answers to nothing. Yeah, we're not, it's not the one 
you're not going to agree on fully, but if Kevin Clancy gave nine yellow cards, Stevie, I can only see a case for maybe three, four at a push. I think the Hadji one's a yellow card. I think he's, he tells Hadji before the before he books him, stop doing what you're doing. Yeah. McCrory as well. McCrory's tackle was as late as bad. Brown, Scott Brown, I think. We not, we've, we've touched on Scott Brown, obviously. I, I, I think that's quite funny. I think that's... It's part and parcel of the game. It's I don't think I I don't see anything wrong with what Scott Brown was doing, but I think he I think he was booked. I think he should have been booked. I think he was a couple of wee tackles before that. He probably should have seen yellow for. But I just think that when you're card happy like that, it's really hard for the game to have any flow to that. I think both teams found it difficult. Rangers in particular, I thought, were, were struggling to get anything going just for how how stop start the game was. That the cards were. Kind of getting thrown out left, right, and centre for for wee fills. I don't think Morelos a yellow card because I don't think there's much he can do. As a penalty, total penalty, I agree with that. But I don't think Morelos can do anything. It's not as if he can get his arm out of the way. But as a penalty, absolutely. What was your thoughts? And was a were, were the cards? Was there any cards? Ryan Kent in particular. What did you think? It should have been sent uh, off. Yeah, Kent is a shocker. Wow. It's, like, no, it's never a sending off ever. Um, I mean the history with that game, the Aberdeen Rangers games, and the the tackles and the things that have happened in the past. I think his sending off was, I think that was the 15th sending off in the last 19 games mm-hmm. between the two. Uh, I mean, it's just, it's incredible. They just, uh, Kent's is never a red card. It's, it, he's, both his bookings are questionable, but uh, the, the, I, I think the ref's bought into the hype of the game and he's, yeah, I thought that's, yeah, up, that. it's under the floodlights, it's a, it's a grudge match. Uh, and then obviously you've got Scott Brown who loves just to play the pantomime villain, mm-hmm. and and every it's as if he's got them on a string. Like I I don't understand why they react to it. I really don't. And then you've got Tavernier over at him, and he's trying to have a laugh with him, and he's shrugging his shoulders, get trying to get him away. And I'm like, I don't even speak to him because all you're doing is just it's it's like the crowd sees that and they get a lift for it. Then yeah. the team get a lift for the crowd, and you're just playing into it. But ah, uh, you're right. Kevin Clancy had a bit of a shocker, but. Listen, players have shockers every week, don't they? And uh, they don't get scrutinised as bad as the referees do. Uh, I'm hearing all sorts of garbage, like, oh, he's a Celtic man and he's this and he's all that. It's, it's a lot of rubbish. Yeah. But it's amazing what comes out when somebody, when a ref has a terrible game against one of the um, one of the old firm. Like, you get it all the time with John Beaton, don't you, when he referees Celtic games? He gets, it's always the ones when it's... Uh, it's just oh, social media for you these days, isn't it? It's, oh, it's, it's just this mountains made out of molehills, but it, it didn't have a great game, but I agree with you, Scott. There's a lot of negativity and pressure put on the referees, especially in Scotland, because of the pressure that's on them. We're not having VAR and stuff like that that they've got down south, but I think we're going to be moving towards something like that quite soon, probably in the next three or four seasons. Yeah, I think we'll get VAR. The, the chat is we'll get VAR before the end, of, after the World Cup, so... As badly need as badly needed, Ryan. And it is it's oh, one of those things that will like VR would would give us a clear cut decision on the hedges the hedges and McGregor thing. Like that's that's what it's there for. That's I think the referees should be helped, should be given proper help. I also think the referees would benefit from possibly going full time. I know that's a, a long debate for another day, but I just think there's there's too many games in Scotland where the referee is the talk of the town, and I think that. It's a bad look for Scottish football, and I've said that for years. Uh, it's, it's been about for years, say, 
as you say, they're, they're getting bad mouthed nearly every game now. You know what I mean? It's I'm one that does it all. You know what I mean? It's you get caught in the emotion. Yeah, and it's, it's easy to do. But at the end of the day, they're they're judging a decision in a split second. We've got replays in half time mm-hmm. and full time to look over it. You've got to uh, judge it in uh, just that one second. So as it's a hard job, uh, it wouldn't be me there doing it. But going back to the sending off all day, the first one, the first yellow card. Johnny Hayes had kind of got him into a wee bit and he's pushed him away. So I can see the, the yellow card for that for lifting his hands. But the second one, Scott Brown's been cute. He's, he's done it for years. He's basically played the ball up the line and hurt his leg against uh, Kent. And he's been down and it's, it's not even a foul, eh, in my opinion. He's given him a second yellow card. And it kind of, I think that played into Rangers hands hand, because he just sat back and Aberdeen couldn't break him down. Whereas with 11 main Rangers were trying to go for it a wee bit and Aberdeen were pressing a wee bit more. But... I think at that, at that point, Rangers were saying we're going to accept the point. But uh, regarding the referees, I definitely found the tell about a lot up here because you know what our game's like. It's it's hurrying and over, tackles yeah. flying all over the place. So I think if you've got VAR and it's used right, we I don't know, maybe using the ex-professionals to maybe sit in and do it, and it's not always the referee's decision. It's maybe that's a, a route to get down. When you've got maybe ex-professionals that are retired that maybe can sit in and they've got a player's ex-perspective and also. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Ryan, how, how ironic is it? Me and you sitting here defending refs after the garbage we get them on the basis there. Aye, well, you, you're the angriest wee man in fucking Scotland. You get you, you having a laugh? You hurt yourself. <laughs> <laughs> aye, I think I well, obviously it's uh, the referees. You could talk about ref, the referee situation all day, but I think range. I think Rangers will. I think Rangers will probably need. Need a wee bit of a, a kind of quick game on Friday to get going again. I think it was, I think a lot of players have been missing. Morelos obviously going to miss all firm. I think Rangers will need a, a game like Friday against Stirling just to get the kind of cobwebs off and get back to a bit of, a bit of normality when it comes to kind of performance and results. But we'll move on to Hearts 2, St. Johnson now. Josh Janelli by double, two assists from Barry Mackay. Ryan, I'll start with you. Hearts, very impressive, particularly Barry Mackay and Janelli combining for two goals and Sitting third comfortably now. Ah, they've been flying all season, haven't they? Uh, the wee boy Barry McKay's come in and done really well. Uh, every time he gets on the ball, he's a player that excites the fans. And uh, his first pass, I came back to St Johnson there on a horrendous run. Yeah. I think that was a rate of defeating the bounce. Uh, he went to Tynecastle, it's probably one of the best places I like to play. The atmosphere's all on top of you. So I think with the run St Johnson were on, they had to go there and keep it compact. And they done that in the first half. And then Straight for kick off the second half, I'll give the ball away. Barry McKay plays a lovely ball through to Janelli and he, he, he finishes it off well. So, But I like that boy Janelli and all. I first seen him against Celtic in the, the League Cup final. Mm-hmm. Uh, impressed me and always direct and he gets on the ball and obviously he can finish. And then Barry McKay for the second goal and always he's beat his man and slipped it through. And it's a great finish of the game. But I hearts are flying. It's, a, it's going to be a tough game for Celtic next Wednesday. That's why I thought... It was uh, majorly important to get the three points on Monday there and uh, put a wee bit of pressure on Rangers. But I think, obviously, the cup games take care of itself. I think Rangers will win the Friday, uh, Friday and Celtic will win the Saturday. So it's a massive game next week for, for Celtic, especially because it's always hard to go to Tynecastle. I think Hearts are one of the teams that Celtic always struggle against. I think against the likes of Aberdeen and Hibs, Celtic always do well away from home and at home. Hearts are one of the teams, especially at the Tynecastle, that Celtic always slip up, slip up, which they've done the first game of the season. So I think it's important for Celtic to, to go there and uh, if they're serious about mounting a challenge for a slide, they've got to go there the next week and win. 
Aye, I mean, it's, it's some result for Hearts as well. well. We'll flip over a wee bit to St. Johnson, Stevie. Eight games without a win. Callum Davidson, obviously, won two Cups last year. There's no doubt that Callum Davidson done a terrific job with St. Johnson, but as it beginning to get to the stage now where St. Johnson are in serious trouble? I think they're struggling, aye, but... Um... <sighs> I've seen quite a lot of the game. They're still making a few chances. I mean, Chief Chief was through through one on one with Gordon at 0 0, and Gordon makes a brilliant save, and he also makes an, a great save. I think it might have been Chief again. Long range effort. He's kind of it's been deflected a wee bit, and he's Gordon's been wrong footed, but he still managed to get a hand to it. So I mean, it, we've all, we've all played in teams. We've all seen teams that are down the bottom and they're struggling and they're not creating any chances, but. St. Johnson and in, in specific games that I've seen them are still um, creating chances. So I think it sh- it might turn for them a wee bit, but they just need they need one result. They need a wee bit of luck, just one result to go their way. But uh, I it, don't get me wrong; it's not looking good for them now. But um, they've still got a, they've still got a decent bit of, a decent bit of quality there, especially bringing Chief G in as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he'll be a major sign for. I think that's what they like. They like goals. I think uh, the two up front were Harland's not really a goal scorer. Uh, Kane is in and out of the team. And uh, maybe Stevie May's not really a perfect goal scorer the last couple of years. So I think, as you say, the highs and low football, he wins a double last year. He's a legend. And then he just flaps his sat bottom of the league and you're, you're on an eight game losing streak. So, as you say, one. I've just noticed they're playing Kelvin Hearts in the Scottish Cup yeah, on Saturday. I think if that's a cup upset, then yeah, I think about the door. And then obviously next week they play Dundee. That's all of them against 12. So again, it's two massive games coming up from. I think if he doesn't win they two, then I think he'll be about a job. But hopefully he can just get maybe get that one that one victory and get them a, a wee run of games and see where it takes them. Yeah, I think as well, like when you touch when you touch on St. Johnson, I think even if like they lose to Kelway. I do. I could see. We're touching maybe where the where we can most likely see an upset later on. But I think Kelway versus St Johnson that could be one of them. I think that's yeah, you've got a team that's flying against a team that's really not. It's I know it's three leagues between them, but you, that's a massive game for Kelway, obviously, to maybe get a wee upset against a team low in confidence. That game next Wednesday against the D could be a six pointer. Like it's a massive game for both teams. I'll touch on obviously something I want to get your both your thoughts on. Obviously, being legends of the game in Scotland, <laughs> John Suter obviously signed for Rangers in a pre-contract. Have you ever been involved with a a player that's went in a pre that's left in a pre-contract and maybe stayed on to the end of the season? What do you think of the booze and the kind of reaction for Hearts fans? Do you, do you agree with it? Do you think there is a a case that he's he's not going to be focused in Hearts? Because the way I look at it, you're a player for you're a, you. You're focusing your team until you're you're not there. I know he, I know he's a Rangers player in the summer, but he's still a Hearts player. That's my thoughts. What would your thoughts be on that, Ryan? Yeah, I think I don't know the boy personally, but I think watching him play, I think he's a professional mm. lad. He'll give it his all for Hearts. I think they've stood by him through three major operations. I think that's maybe where the frustrations came for the fans. Maybe they wanted to see him sign a new contract, pay a wee bit back. But as you say, it's a, it's a short career. The boys had three major operations, missed a few mm-hmm. seasons of his career. Maybe he says, got the Rangers playing in Europe so the next stage of his career. Maybe he went to a place in the Scotland squad. So I can fully understand why he's made the move. I maybe tried it for Celtic as well. I think he's a top, top player, especially for uh, 
the game in Scotland, but it's just fans these days are money as well. It's, you're, you're fickle, you know what I mean? It's, mm-hmm. You're always on top of them. It's a lot of negativity around Scottish football. Uh, but I do agree. I do kind of come and go where the fans are uh, booing because obviously they want to be staying, maybe kick on and pay, pay a wee bit back. But I understand why John Shooters went to Rangers because obviously they're one of the biggest clubs in, in Britain and it might be going to kick his game on. But I hopefully, uh, but again, the flip side again, if he stays at Hearts to the end of the season and maybe Rangers going for a league, he's playing them. I don't know. It's, it's, it's a strange one when you're, you're running out to play for your. Your, your employers next season and maybe you could shut them out and for Celtic to win the league it's a strange one I think a deal will probably happen this month and he'll, he'll go over to Ibrox yeah I think that I think that will happen Stevie what would your thoughts be on it have you ever been around a player that's maybe signed in a pre-contract and stayed on and does it does it have a negative impact on the player in the dressing room as a whole what's your thoughts on it uh, the first couple that spring to mind are um Probably Big Boy Day and uh, Stephen Smith as well, right. both Rangers. But I've it's it's never been negative. Like for me, I've got a thing with heart supporters. I, I think they're useless, man. They're garbage. <laughs> Honestly, they're brutal. See times I've played there, the abuse I've got. I'm going to take a shy, getting slapped. I've never been abused. I go to Celtic Park. I'm such and such. I go to Rangers. I'm such. And, I've got mates in the Rangers end. I've got mates in the Celtic end. And the dogs <laughs> abuse, right? But you go to you go to Tynecastle and it's a they're a different different breed up there, honestly. But I've been spat on, I've had my head slapped at the back of myself, get tried to take a shy. I've been called all sorts of stuff, and every time I've ever went there, they're just I don't know whether they're living in past glories or they think they've got a divine right to be up there with Rangers and Celtic, but I think booing the players shocking. I honestly do. I think it's, the guy's trying to better himself, better his career. Like, just accept it. You say, no matter what hearts would offer that guy, he's always going to go to either Celtic or Rangers if he stays in Scotland. Do you know what I mean? Because there's going to be a cap on what hearts can offer him. And if he goes to a bigger club like Rangers, he's got more opportunity to win bigger trophies, uh, become a regular with Scotland, everything else that goes along with that. So I just think it's shocking, Burnham, I really do. But it, it, honestly, the experiences I've had, especially at Tynecastle, it, it really doesn't surprise me with them. They just they bring out the big boom machine after five minutes if they've not a shot on goal. They would just wind that big boom machine on. It's, ugh, you, you're at, you ask the wrong person, they're brutal. <laughs> I know, I know how that gets me is, and this isn't just the Hearts fans, but with a, lot of, with a lot of fans, particularly in Scotland, John Suter signed for Hearts on a pre-contract from the day United. Like it's, it's as Ryan says, it, it can be fickle. It can't you, you do forget sometimes what brought them there and things like that. And I, th- I think if John Suter had left to go to, let's say, like Blackburn or Middlesbrough, I don't think he gets booed the weekend, the the, the game after he, he signs. I think it's obviously signing for a, a rival, signing for an R club in Scotland. That's. It's one of those things, isn't it? Where you're never going to get rid of it. I just don't agree with, with player, players getting booed for, for making the best choice for themselves. But we'll move into the, the next game. Ross County, a massive win, a 3-1-1 over Motherwell. That moves in five points clear of 11th. Stevie, I'll start with you. The, the red cards for Ross County certainly galvanised Ross County to get a win. Charles Cook scoring a double after a sending off when it was one each. Uh, I've seen it. The, ta- the tackle's, the tackle's a bit terrible, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's... 
two feet off the ground and he's nearly just under a knee high, isn't he? Yeah. Don't get me wrong, he takes the ball, but he also takes half the guy's knee away him as well. Um, the, the, the boy, Char, he's, a, he's a good player, by the way. He's very sharp, isn't he? And um, he was he was involved in the first goal. I know it was an OG, but it was something yeah. to put the crop in for as well. So he looked, I, I remember watching him against Celtic up there as well and he was very, very sharp. He's a really good, really good player there. They, they're looking as if they're going to stay up and they would have been everybody's pick to go straight back down um, especially the way they played um, at the start of the season so uh, now they're, they're flying um, Mur- Motherwell might struggle by the way I think Motherwell might they might a wee, might they might just fall off a cliff because you take Tony Watt out of the team um, the boy Van Veen's a good player I like him yeah I've been impressed man. they've stuck him out wide a few times but I like him through the middle mm-hmm. it's a lot more dangerous to there but uh, you take Tony Watt out of that team and um, they're struggling for a wee bit for goals and stuff, and they were they were a wee, they were a wee bit all over the place against County, especially t- ten men. You're expecting to go on and then push on and maybe get the three points, and before you know it, you're getting beat three one up there, and that's a horrible ch- that journey. It's just an end. I think they're just in five minutes ago. By the way. <laughs> Ryan, I'll start. Well, I'll come to you as well. We Stevie touched on it there. When you when any team loses a top goal scorer, it's a massive blow. But Motherwell, that could be it could be big for them if they if they get top six hopes and they will want to replace Tony Watt as soon as possible. Is Graham Alexander looking out and saying he's no one for a replacement? Nah, I think sure that's, that's uh, somewhere else. I think that's a big big. Uh, I I think definitely losing the, the league's top goal scorer, even though he's only scored nine goals, it's it's massive for a club like Motherwell. Uh, I'm surprised that Tony went because he was only saying a few months ago that he's he's found his home after moving about all over the years. But as you say, it's a short it's a short uh, career, so he's went up to maybe Dundee United and I don't know maybe doubled his money or something. I don't know what he's on, but uh, it's going to be a massive force for Motherwell. I think they kind of controlled the game in the first half, and then as you say, the centre half kind of galvanised Ross County. And, uh, the boy Charles Cook. Uh, Kind of a slow start to his county career after he came for Gillingham, but he's kicked on this season. I think he will won, I think he's still mid 20s. It's maybe got an hour move on him again. Uh, if he's going to Scotland, maybe maybe a move up to a Dundee United or something like that, or an Maybe get over his aim. But I think Malcolm McKay's done a tremendous job. I think after Yogi left there, uh, under, he came in under a cloud as well. People not happy he got, he got the job. But as Ruby says, I think they were everybody's picks to get down. And, Obviously, I think St. Johnson's on a bad run at the wrong time and Ross County started to pick up. I seen a start the other day that out with Rangers, Celtic and Hearts are the league's top goal scorers. For a team that should be down at the bottom, uh, maybe fighting relegation, that's a, a tremendous achievement. So I think Malcolm Kai's done a good job up there. Yeah, I think they've been really unlucky. I think they've been really unlucky with some of the results as well. Like they lost, I think they lost with Celtic with an odd goal and... Yeah, that was Tony Ralston last second. Aye, that's right. Aye. Like Dundee, they, they took five off Dundee and things like that. They have scored goals. It's aye. it's keeping them out. But again, it's if you've got a player like Charles Cook, who's, who seems to be in good form and seems to be a really impressive player, you, you've got a, a chance in that. That could be one of the big wins they could look back on if they stay up and go, that's like beating Motherwell at home is a, a massive result, particularly with 10 men, which is impressive. We'll move into Dundee United 1, St Mirren 2. St Mirren got their first one in 11 games for goals from Henderson and Brophy. Ryan, St Mirren, that's a massive result for St Mirren to go to go to Tannadice and pick up a big one. I definitely was the first one in 12 games for uh, October. Yeah. 
Uh, so a big relief off Jim Goodwin's shoulders, obviously. I've seen, yeah, I watched the highlights all day and I watched him today again and the B-boy Henderson impressed me again. Mm-hmm. I think he came out of Siberia against Celtic. Uh, with all the COVID and he impressed me that night as well. Uh, full enthusiasm. Uh, the goal, probably the goal of the week for me, just the ball, the ball came, it was first touch 1-2 and then he smashed it into the top corner. But his all-round play was, was top-notch. Uh, I think he'll be a big player for St Mum. But as you say, again, going back to the referee, I think Alan Muir made a, a few kind of howlers. There was a penalty maybe there with the boy yeah, power. He would handball. But again, it's just a split decision he's had to make that. So you can't really blame him. But if you're done to United, it's getting you back in the game. I think Tony Watkins only played a part in the, uh, setting up the goal again. So he'll be a big player for them. Once he gets his feet in the door. So... Again, I think that's no wins in six for them. So Tam Courts will be again. He was a appointment at the start of the season where everybody was slating, and he had a good start, and he was kind of having people eating their words. But again, you're only judging your, your last couple of performances. You know, going back to Jack Ross, he got sacked after going on six or seven uh, losing game runs, and he had a cup final coming up. So you know what uh, chairmans are like these days. You're maybe four games away for the sack. So I think Tam Courts will be wanting a. Uh, a victory sooner rather than later. Mm-hmm. Stevie, well, the United at the start of the season obviously beat Rangers. They went on a massive, massively impressive run. It has, it has went down a cliff a wee bit. I think we can all agree on that. Which, uh, what was your overall thoughts in the game and what will the United be looking for? Will they'll be looking for Tony Watt to hit the ground running straight away, I'd imagine. Uh, they, they will need Tony to basically go straight away. Um, I've actually worked beside a couple of Dundee United sports season ticket holders and They've been saying the same thing, like they're doing well in games, but they just don't seem to have a cut some a cut on the edge, don't score enough goals. So I'd like to think bringing Tony in, that'll maybe solve that a wee bit. But um, I, I agree with Ryan, the first goal was sensational. The way the boys <coughs> they went for the one-two um, and then that strike round right the top corner was a cracker. Uh, but I think, Dund- I think Dundee United will be okay. I think they've got enough. Um, I've seen I've seen enough of them to to try and make a kind of judgment call on them, and I think I think as long as Tony scores goals, I think they'll be okay. Because they, as I say, they do more than okay in a lot of other areas. Um, saying that though, they do they do give away a fair amount, don't they? They do, but some of the goals they give away are quite quite scrappy, quite preventable. Um, so they need they need to kick out habit because. If you're chasing games, like you can leave yourself open all the time. Um, but it'll be interesting to see after the split further down the line. Um, that bottom half of the table will probably be more interesting than the top half, to be honest with you, because mm-hmm. there'll, there'll be a right few teams that can still get get affected and get pulled into that. Mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to that split, actually. Ryan Deacon, I worry for the United. They're, they're in this loss of form. And like, so obviously, Tony was not very often like the a team in 10 sign the league's top goal scorer, that's, he is going to be a massive player in the next couple of months. I definitely. Uh, I've played in teams where you're struggling for a win. Whatever you, you maybe change the training, you maybe change the formation, just nothing happens. You just, just you can't get the rubber uh, the green. So I think that's what Dundee United are in, same as Dundee. Uh, two of them are struggling to try and get a draw and never mind a win. So I think... The boy McNulty, he wasn't firing. Uh, Nicky Clark's not really a goal scorer, so I think that's why they've went and uh, got Tony on a pre-contract and sorted the deal this month, which mm-hmm. is good for all parties. But Tony's a top player. He's just... He's not really a club that he's maybe stayed for around for a wee while to 
uh, settled. But I think Motherwell was looking at option. But Dunyates came in, offered them obviously more money. Uh, Dunyates is a, a big club. They've always paid well over the years. So I think him going up there, if he settles down, when Motherwell was kind of playing out in the left, I think Dunyates is going to maybe play him through in the middle. I don't know if that'll shoot him more. Mm-hmm. Uh, every time I seen him out in the left, he impressed me. He uh, came in off the left and Linking the plane, obviously the goal he scored against on the last time he tapped in, eh, eh, scored into the tap in, come off the left hand side. But he'll be a massive part for Dundee to get back on track. Hopefully, obviously, it's the Colt Bridge, same as being Ruby. So hopefully, I like to see boys doing well that stay around this area. So hopefully, he kicks on as well. Yeah, absolutely. We'll move into the final game in the Premiership. Livingston 2, the United 0. A double for Bruce Anderson. Stevie, it's a big one for Livingston, obviously, beating Dundee, a team who's kind of in a similar area. But in particular, when you've got your, your number nine scoring two goals, it's massive boost of confidence for him and for the club as a whole. Aye, definitely. Uh, I've done the struggling a wee bit. Um, can't, can't, can't see me buy a winner now when obviously you've got this, this stuff ongoing with Griffiths and um, they just seem to be... There's, there's a few teams struggling, like. There's, obviously, you've got St. Johnson, you've got Dundee United, Dundee just now. But... Love it. That pitch, I think they play anybody on that pitch and they train on it every day and it's, it's a kind of slick night. It's under the floodlights and stuff. You're at home, you're against a team that you're expected to beat. I think that it was probably the right result and the, the boy Anderson took, took his goals very well. The second goal was a cracker, actually. Quick feet, staying on his feet in the box and finishing the bottom corner. Um, But it's a massive result for Livingston, but Dundee are just... They're really, really struggling now. I don't see, I don't see where they're going to get. They, they really needed Griffiths to come up there and, and and start banging goals in. But it's just for whatever reason, whether it's on the pitch or off the pitch, anything, it's just not worked out. And unless they can maybe bring somebody in in January that's going to do a similar job, then I, I don't know. I think they might struggle to be fair. Ryan, we were. I was going to get your thoughts on Lee Griffiths. Obviously, he's been released from Celtic and he's, he's still at Dundee for the time being. I, the talk has been that Dundee want to cut, the, cut that loan short. How how does Griffiths kind of recover for that? Obviously, the leaving Celtic, obviously, the way he has, it won't be good for his confidence, but he is off form. He isn't the same player he was two years ago. Like, What can, what can, they do, what can he do to kind of improve and get, get back to where he was? Because we know there's a, there is a player in there and there's a... The better it, it could be the difference between Dundee staying up and if you get them fit and healthy, like it is, is it that simple? Just try and get them sorted as quickly as possible. I think with James McPake, I don't think he's got that type of no, Griffiths his head sorted because if he signs the RPM, he's going to want a good wage. And I don't think Dundee are in a position to do that. Yeah. If he's come off a page and no starting, I think they need a player in the round that's going to hit the ground running, score goals to try and keep them up. Uh, going back to Griffiths, for me, I think he just needs to go out to Scotland. He just needs to get away for a couple of years abroad. Uh, just to get his head clear and get away from Scottish football. Uh, going back to that, fans just slot him away where he goes. Uh, he's off-field off antics. So I think for him to get his career back on track, uh, he needs to go abroad, I think, just to stay out in the limelight and try and get his career back on track with scoring goals. Because I was one of the ones shouting for him to play two years ago for Celtic, getting back to the team. He's a, he's a matchman on his day. He's left pegs to die for. But I think his head's full of broken bottles now. So for me, if I was him, if I was his agent, I'd be trying to get my move abroad, maybe Australia or somewhere, just to try and get the head down and get back scoring and then see, see where it can take him. But 
I don't think James Rootpake's a better now because he's not played. He's took him on loan. He's been out of the team. Uh, same with the boy Cummins as well. I think Cummins and Griffiths are kind of similar. Two good players on their day, but they're just they're away with the now. So, yeah, I think Cummins is maybe to, to go to Australia. So maybe Griffiths can maybe make the same move abroad as well. Stevie, would, would you agree with that? Maybe a, a change of scenery for Lee Griffiths, get his head back together and maybe come back in a couple of years when he's he's in a better place? Aye, probably to be fair, because he said that's a good 18 months, two years he's he's had of um, struggling a wee bit. And as Ryan said, like, he just he needs to get out of the bubble of Scottish football because wherever he goes, he's going to get slaughtered all the time. And it's... Uh, when, when you're in that position and you're out of form and you're even your own fans, I remember Celtic fans half a support booing him when he played the game at the start of the season for Celtic and that. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's, don't get me wrong, he's brought it on himself with all his, his antics and stuff, but at the same time, if you're trying to do a job for somebody, then and that's playing at the back of your mind and you can't even go and take a corner for getting pelted with stuff and, and that. It's, maybe it's time to go, and, to go and make that move, but saying that, I don't know if Go. <laughs> Ryan says go abroad. He's got him away. He's got him in Australia. <laughs> He's got the furthest away possible place. Oh, I don't love it in Australia. <laughs> I was thinking, yeah, but I saw it has not bowled apple. <laughs> Imagine that he came back with a surfboard and a full head of blonde hair. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's what he needs, uh, but I think he just needs to get away and be forgot about for a couple of seasons. Start scoring goals and then maybe come back over here at 33, 34. Settle down, but the now he's not going to do that over here with, with the media and the social media think, uh, aspects over here. He's never, I'd imagine him going about the street, he just gets pelters mm-hmm. daily. So it can be good for his mental health as well, constantly getting slaughtered. So just take him out, take him out the, the fire line and just maybe if he's aging, just try and get him abroad somewhere, at least for a season, maybe because he's, I think he's been paid up with, with Celtic, so and he's no short of money. so I'd imagine he can go over there for maybe six months and then see how it is and then take it from there. But I can't see Dundee signing him. I'd be, I'd be surprised if Jama signs him up well. Yeah, I think it could be a, exactly what he's needing. I think that probably could be the best solution. We'll move into what's coming up this weekend. And obviously, it's Scottish Cup fourth round weekend, one of the best weekends of the year. Before we get into the games this week, I'm going to put you both in the spot. What was your favourite Scottish Cup memory as a player? We'll start with you, Ryan. Give Stevie time to think. Uh, probably my last time at Annie we beat uh, Hamilton 4-1 down there it was a battle it could be more it could be double that uh, Cannon was under a bit of pressure at the time and just having clicked for us in the day I think we scored an early goal and we just we controlled the game for then on in Matty Flynn that scored and uh, obviously we are third division they were premiership at the time so it was a big result for us, uh, and I can just remember the, the, the day after it was tremendous. And obviously, get back to the game. It's boys we're part time, you know what I mean. And I'm coming into my career. A few other boys the same as me. A few boys, young boys, starting out. So to play a Premier League team and beat them convincingly, it was it was good at that stage of my career to experience that again. So I would say that's where you're up there. Brilliant, Stevie. What would yours be? You got a particular Scottish Cup maybe that sticks out to you? Uh, my very probably just my very first game. It was we played. It was Kelly against Airdrie. We were home to Airdrie. Um, I was I maybe made my debut in like December two thousand and one, uh, and I think the game against Airdrie was maybe say January two thousand uh, two thousand two. So 
I'd been in the team maybe six weeks. I was absolutely flying and then played Airdrie and obviously I'm a Coat Bridge boy, so I went a few. A lot of the Airdrie supporters knew me, like knew me personally, and I went to take a corner in front of the Airdrie supporters and I just remember it being quiet and when I went to run up, I heard somebody shouting, Oh, Murray! <laughs> 18 months ago, you stole the wheel trims off my Cavalier, you <laughs> By the way, I did steal the wheel trims off my Cavalier. <laughs> and I just, but it's things like that. See when you go to, see when you play against, so I obviously, I started, same as Ryan, we both started at clubs that were up the top end, eh, like the leagues in Scotland, but when you play against the teams that are lower down and, and you see the supporters and you see the places and things like that. And it's, I, I think it's brilliant because like, you don't get the same kind of pattern. You don't get the same um, kind of give and go you get with supporters in the Premier League. It's, it's, and me and Ryan have probably played at every single professional ground there is in Scotland, eh, Ryan? We must have. Probably like few, aye. Uh-huh. Only gun. Probably Highlands are all, aye. Uh, exactly. So, uh, I mean, that that's... That's probably the funniest thing I've got. And I, I remember the game as well because it was my first time playing in the Scottish Cup, obviously. But I, I never went when I was at Kelly or, or Stenny or Dumbarton. We never really had like a long run in the Scottish Cup at any of the clubs I was ever at. I, like it was, it's kind of a wee, a wee regret. But never, I never was never part of like a giant Kelly or mm. never like a like a featured game or anything like that on in the Scottish Cup because it's it's a major trophy and. It's got a lot of history, and you want to, you want to be part of things like that. But no, that's shot. My 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 lasting memory is of going to play in places that you would never normally even think about, especially at that time in your career. No. Uh, I enjoy the, going to the, going to the, the smaller clubs and stuff like that. Yeah, obviously. We'll move into this this upcoming weekend, Ryan. Is there any particular fixtures that catch your eye? Rangers obviously host Stirling Albion tomorrow night. Celtic go to Allow on Saturday. Like a Habs are playing Cove just now. Anything, any games that catch your eyes, potential ones to keep? I have wrote a few down. I think Auckland Lake at home at Hearts. You wouldn't put it past him going to even get a draw, you know what I mean, and taking it for there. But there's a few Davo away to high flying up off. Clyde Bank could they do it against multi Manning? Uh, multi Dumbarton. I can be here all day, some team. I've played the fucking Hunters here. Fair <laughs> uh, clubs in Tiger Woods. <laughs> Barn at home with Dundee, Dundee under a wee bit of pressure, and I think this could be the one that's the, the giant killing. Kelly Hearts at home to St Johnson because they've got you can get through their, their squad. Uh, the boy Foster at the back, Austin Higginbottom, Cardale, they're flying in League Two, and obviously, obviously St Johnson are Premier League. But I just think with the run St Johnson are on, uh, if Kelly start uh, the same as maybe what we done with Hamilton back in the day with Anna, just start high tempo, get an early goal, St Johnson's heads will go down. and for me, I think that could be the uh, the big upset of the day, but there's a few there that could stick out. Steve, what about you? Any games catch your eye this weekend in the Scottish Cup? Aye, my two would be Kelly Hearts. We spoke about it earlier. I think they're in such a rich vein of form now and Johnson are really struggling. And It's at Kelty the game as well and it's a plastic pitch, so there's a lot of things that could go in their favour. Um, but I can't, I, can't, I can't not speak about my, my Ayrshire team, my, the, the old Talbot. They'll, I, I reckon they'll. I, I think they might beat Hearts. Do you know that? I think. I, some I think, story, wouldn't it? Be some story. I think Hearts will put out some of the scud books, like some of the guys that have never been playing, 
And um, when you throw them in an environment like that, and Ryan, have you played down at Auckland Lake Talbot? Aye. It's, uh, it's a bit wild, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> As you say, they're a different breed down there, but in a good way, they, they support their team, you know what I mean? They support the local team. And the job he's done down there goes, it doesn't get talked about enough for me. The job yeah. he's done down there is phenomenal. Again, I think they're probably going to win that league and then they maybe make the step up again. And I, I can maybe see Auckland Lake and maybe next, if they keep progressing the way they are. Because see me look at their team with Shankers, right? Shankers, yeah. top, top player. But see me look at their team throughout the years. There's not really any standouts or any big money signings. They're all just a right, well-knitted squad that know how to play for each other, know how to win. Because uh, I think playing against them over the years, when I was at Paul and uh, uh, teams like that, sometimes they're not playing well, but they always seem to win. Yeah. It's because they've got players that know how to do it at that level. So I think the job the manager's done for the last... He, I don't know why he's no move to step up, but he's more probably comfortable down there. Uh, but I think that could be an upset. Hearts are flying around. So for me, I would love to see an upset, but I think I think Hearts will beat the aim. I think my, my big one is Kelly Hearts. I think you're saying, yeah, Stevie, you think Hearts are going to throw out maybe a, a reserve team. I just think Hearts went out last year to Brora. I think Hearts will be determined Aye. to make sure that doesn't happen again. I would love to. I mean, obviously, we cover the West in this in this channel. I'd love to see Talbot, Darwin, and Clyde Bank get through. I think Clyde Bank have got the best chance. Obviously, they play Annan. Darwin are playing a broth. Our broth are absolutely flying right now. Auckland left against Hearts. あの、あの、え、え、え、え、え、え、え、え、え、え、え、え、え、え、え、え、え、え、え、え、え、え、え、え、え、え、え、え、え、え、え、え、え、え、え、え、え、え、え、え、え、え、え、え、え、え、え、
looking like Talbot and all. How many of the Hearts players do you think are going to run out of there and go, I'm going to turn it on today? Honestly, like, it's mad. You can try and convince yourself in your head you're going to, but I've been in the position before where you've run out. You'll, you'll be the same, Ryan. And you look at a pitch and you're like, Jesus Christ, man. And your, your neck sore because you're just watching a body that all day. And it's, it's horrendous. So I'm hoping the Talbot, in fact, I'm going to have a wee bet in the Talbot. I'm going to stick 20 quid on them. <laughs> well, 51, 61, something like that. I don't know, Ryan, I think I saw 91 on there a bit. Did you? I think I did, aye. It's going to be an interesting weekend, but it's going to be... Cheers. 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 Thanks very much to everyone that's tuned in. Please subscribe to our podcast and YouTube channels and follow us on social media. Thanks very much. I won't catch you soon. Cheers.